change from the inside out. Change that starts with you thinking differently that leads to you acting differently. And repentance is both something we do and we're active in, but it's also a straight miracle. It's something that you need God to give you as a gift. It's not something you can just work up. You can't work up change on that scale. So it's my prayer that through this series, and we got a few more weeks until Easter, I pray that we would all get more familiar with how we change and how we repent and all the steps and like what the process looks like for us to have not just repentance, but deep and lasting and real repentance. So the title of my message tonight, the issue we're going to look at tonight, is it's on restitution. And originally, I was going to call it restitution, the forgotten duty. Because that's commonly how it's put. But the more I thought about it, it seems like a better title is restitution, the ignored duty. Because it's not like we forgot about restitution, it's that we just want to ignore it. And Sister Jen read for us the story of Zacchaeus. We're going to call him Zach tonight, okay? And Zach was a greedy man who betrayed his people. He was unliked and unloved, and he didn't care. Like, I've had people like this. I've known people. We've known people that are like, you know what? I can live with everybody's jealousy of me, and I just don't need to live in their poverty. <laughs> like, I don't care. I got to do me. I got to cut people out of my life. I got to do what I got to do to take care of me. And Zach was that type of guy. He didn't care about being liked. He cared about getting rich. And we see in Luke that Zach wasn't just some regular tax collector, but that he was a leading, a chief of tax collector. He had a whole operation. All right? So I found out that Grover's the enforcer over on market. <laughs> right? But that's, that's low level, all right? So... <laughs> Grover collects the rent from like four or five places, but then you got higher level, right? 20, 30, 40, 50 homes. And it just keeps going. And Zach was up there. He was up there. And he didn't care that he was taking from his own family and his own people. You know, so there's some people that it's said that they don't care if they step over their grandmother's grave. You've heard that before? That's Zach. Zach was a greedy man who betrayed his people. I remember living in Africa. I didn't know if you knew this about me, but I lived in Africa for four years. And before that, I lived for a year right out of high school. And I remember that the potholes there, they could be three, four, five feet deep. And what would happen is sometimes the power would cut and there'd be no light in the city. And if the, sun, if the moon wasn't out and the stars weren't out and it was a cloudy night, 
I mean, you're talking about utter and complete darkness. And so what you have to do is you kind of play Frogger, but in real life. (laughs) And you wait for a car to come and sort of turn the right way, and hopefully they got their lights on, and their lights will show you for a second where all the potholes are. You try to remember where they are, because you might see like what you think is a little puddle. You put your foot in there, you're going down four or five feet, and you're breaking your back. We kicked off this series talking about Romans 1, saying that the reason we need repentance, the reason we need to turn back to God is because we have gotten to a spot where even the light in us has become darkness. And when the light in us is darkness, how great is that darkness? We become like Zach. We sacrifice the things that we all know on paper or or right, and we sacrifice loyalty and family and everything else for ourselves. I remember my father-in-law I'm sorry, my stepdad. I remember my stepdad coming at me when I was like a little kid, like 10 years old. And he used to brag to me about the stuff he'd done. He used to brag to me about people he hurt. When I would get beat up, he was the type of stepdad that was like, don't come home. Right? He showed me how to, you know, rip off the antennas off of cars. That's a good weapon. Something you thought you were going to learn in church tonight, right? (laughs) In the pinch, that's a good, (laughs) not really, but, um, and then, I mean, it was to the point where he he would brag to me about the people that he killed and got away with. Zach wasn't the type of guy that people were rooting for to meet Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? Zach wasn't the type of guy like my, like my stepdad. He wasn't the type of guy that people were like, oh, you know, he had a rough life. <laughs> you know, I hope he gets saved. <laughs> I hope he comes to church. I hope good things start to happen for him. No, he was a bully. He was robbing people his own people. Do you hear what I'm saying? I came to faith because I, deep down, had to dismiss what was taught to me from psychology, right? Where it's like, listen, what you need to do is you learn, need to learn how to cope with stuff. And I just had this question in my head, but my, like, what about my stepfather? Okay, if my stepfather did this and he had people murdered, shouldn't he be mental? Shouldn't he be racked with guilt? But he's not. He's bragging about it. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I began to wonder and ask deeper questions. Isn't some things true? Aren't 
some things right and some things evil? Or is it just let's all cope however we can cope, find our happiness, be ourselves, do ourselves? What, is, what are we doing in this world if there's no good and evil? If there's no God who will judge? See, God wants more from you and me than just peace in our minds. The Bible from Old Testament to New, the whole thing condemns the preacher that just cries out, peace, peace. Now that preacher could be like a therapist or that preacher could be on TV or that preacher could be in this pulpit or anywhere. You hear what I'm saying? We do the same thing in the church tell people, listen, you're living in fraud, you're, you're getting in checks, you're getting all this SSI, you're doing this and that, you're making all these moves, it's illegit, but listen, that's separate, you're forgiven, God forgives you. When we read this text, that's not what we see, that's not what we see at all. We see a man that's encountering Jesus, that has Jesus come to his home, and guess what? He's not like, tell me the gospel. Oh, okay, so you're going to die for my sins. So the blood paid for it all. Great, the blood paid for it all, and then, and then I have no further responsibility. I'm going to keep all this money that I stole from everybody. There was a, there was a saint uh, a guy, a genius, a, a huge figure in the church from North Africa called Augustine. His name was Augustine. And there's a story about him where he was wandering around the market and some woman came up and grabbed his arm. And she said, yo, you remember me? And this woman was one of his old baby mamas. But he had become a priest. He was celibate. He was studying. He was this big-time guy in the church. And you know what? He looked at her, and he said, he said, I don't know who you're talking to about. That person doesn't live anymore. Now, listen. There's a little bit of that in us. Yeah, the old person, the old you dies with Christ, but you are not off the hook for all the damage you've done and all the things you did to people. We don't get to say, well, God forgave us, so now we don't have to make amends with anybody else. We don't have to change our lives. We don't have to actually try to do what's right. So there's these two extremes we gotta avoid, legalism and lawlessness. Let's see what happens to our boy, Zach. Notorious sinner. He comes back, and what does he do? He gives back four times what he owed people if he robbed them. He gives off the bat. He takes half of everything that he has, and he gives it to the people who have nothing. So he restores people with interest. Now, we just read in Leviticus the law that Zacchaeus as a Jew would have been under and that his culture would have followed was you pay back somebody. Like if you say something bad and they lose their job, you need to take those days, right? And you need to make it right with them. And then you got to add 20% on top of that. 
the fifth. Grace won't let you off the hook, but grace will give you power and the heart to make things right with others. Forgiveness, listen to me, God's forgiveness cleanses you from the guilt of your sin. The debt you owe to God, you could never restore. Do you hear me? Like you're never going to make it right. And that's what the gospel's all about. Jesus came, he lived a perfect life, and he gave himself up as a sacrifice for every single one of us here in this room. And he hung on the cross, and he paid our debt. So restitution is not about earning favor with God. It's not even about earning favor with other people. Listen to me. We have to restore to people what we've taken regardless of how we are received. Say it again. We need to restore regardless of how you're received. And what do I mean? I said, you can come back and you, you could have taken somebody's time. You could have done something where you knew that you caused them pain and you come and you try to make it right. You bring them a gift. You, you offer your service to them. You offer your time to them. And they can say, yo, it don't matter. It is what it is. You still are supposed to restore them. You could do all of that. You, you, could, you could try to restore to them what you took, and they could look at you and say, you know what, I'm never going to forgive you. But you don't get off the hook. You're not off the hook. And, and in fact, Paul says, do not be in debt to any man, but, conti- but the continued debt to love one another. So your motivation in in restitution is to restore what you broke. Here's the thing. This is what's going to happen. You're going to get so stuck in the mire and the mud of life, right? And you feel like, listen, I don't have it in the bank to pay all the people that I hurt in my life. The, The ledger is very red on my account. I've done some stuff for to people, right? And this is what the gospel does. It pays you. It fills up your bank. Now you have emotional resources. Now you have resources to work hard. Now you have resources to spend time. Now all of a sudden, you have a desire to make things right. And you know what? There will be things that you will never make right in this life. But that doesn't take away our responsibility to try. You hear what I'm saying? Now, when the devil comes into your life, when the enemy of your souls, and I don't know you, what you think about that and what that means to you, but listen, we have unseen enemies. And it, you know this because if you've ever tried to do some good stuff in your life and you tried to take a few steps forward, all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose in your life. <laughs> and it just seems easier sometimes, doesn't it? To just sort of sit in the gutter 
and accept your situation. But as soon as you try to do the right thing and do it God's way, there's all this pushback. This is what I want to tell you. And you can uh, be mad at me because it's, it's whatever. I just want you to remember it, and I want it to help you. When the enemy of your soul comes after you and is nipping at your heels and is discouraging you, what I'm saying to you is I need you to give the enemy of your soul the middle finger, <laughs> and I need you to do something good. Do you hear what I'm saying? The moment, the moment, right, you feel attacked, the moment you feel oppressed, the moment it's like there's too much in my life, you know what? That's the moment you go pray in the morning at 7 a.m. with this crazy pastor, right? That's the moment you're like, I'm going to church this week. That's the moment where you're like, I'm going to open up my Bible and I'm going to pray and I'm going to give the middle finger to the devil. You know what? And I'm going to say, listen. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. So we got to start exercising that muscle. If every time he comes after you, and I bet you for most of us the way he comes after you is as soon as you start making progress, he goes after your family. He goes after your kids. He goes after your cousins. And you're like, this is too much. I want to tap out. But I'm telling you, don't tap out. Keep pushing. Keep pushing, keep praying. Who here knows what the greatest commandment of all is? Not Dylan, seminary boy, put your hand down. <laughs> yeah, love the Lord your God with all heart, mind, soul, and strength, amen. And love your neighbor as yourself. Restitution is simply following the greatest command. It is loving people. It is doing for other people what you would want for them to do for you. And you see in Zacchaeus, he doesn't follow the letter of the law, right? And that's not what it's about. So if you hear me preaching, you think like, oh, like, Pastor Joe's putting this like burden on me that I can't possibly pay. No, God knows what you have and what you can give and what you can do. But it's all about your motivation and all about your heart. And we're no longer under the law. We're no longer under the specific lettering that, hey, you need to restore that, that, that 100%, and then you need to add another fifth to it, and then you're clear. We don't even think like that. We think like, how can I love the person? If I, if I were them, what would I want them to do for me? And we need to teach this to our kids. We need to teach this to our kids. When they mess up, Okay, of course we forgive them and we love them, but we need to show them like, okay, you broke that, now make it right. You took your neighbor's bricks and you threw them all around. Totally not a story from this week for me. <laughs> totally is. <laughs> you go and you knock on the door. You apologize. You make it right. You fix the wall. You get the broom out. Not because we're under this mentality of like, we don't receive God's forgiveness, but because we're under this mentality of, we have been forgiven, we've been made new people, and we just wanna love people the way we would wanna be loved. 
God is making us new. And he calls every single one of us to work on restitution. Now, at the end of the story, Zacchaeus does all this, right? He gives his wealth away. This is a big day. Can you imagine what it's like? Can you imagine if that happened in Gloucester? If there was somebody that everybody knew was just fleecing everybody, right? And God just came into their life and they changed and all of a sudden they're giving back to all the people that they ever stole from. Now this town is partying. This town is getting their best wine out. This town is excited. Amen? Jesus came to this town and it says today salvation has come to your house and what I want to say to you is that you may have asked God for forgiveness but part of the reason you're not experiencing in this life the full extent of his salvation is because you're holding back from this call to restitution you're holding back from the ways that God is calling you to love the people around you and make amends with the people that you've offended. And here's the good news, because I know I've been beaten up on bullies all Sunday evening, but I know a lot of people in this room, I know a lot of folks have been bullied, have been beat up, have a bunch of people that owe them. You hear what I'm saying? And this is what the gospel does. When it comes into people's lives, it softens them, it tames them, it changes them. And even when the people who are our enemies never pay us back, God himself is going to pick up the tab. He's going to bring healing into our lives. And we get, a, we get a measure of it in this life. Yeah, this isn't like all heaven now TV preaching, right? We get a measure of it in this life. But when we die, we get in that whole check. Do you hear me? We get in all of it. God prepares mansions for us in heaven. Let me, let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you for every single person here. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us the opportunity not only to be forgiven by you, but Lord, to be the type of people who are forgiven in our hearts, who do not walk around with guilt or shame, and who, who repay people, who love people, not out of some legalistic, not out of some duty that we feel like we just can't ever measure up to, but out of a heart and a motivation that has just experienced your love and wants to share that with everybody else around us. Lord, I pray for those in this room who have been wronged deeply, who have been hurt, who have been abused physically, who have been abused sexually, who, God, have been taken advantage of financially. Give us faith, give us eyes to see that you are rich enough to pay all of our debts, the ones that we dug ourselves into and the ones taken out against us. In Jesus' name we pray.